Posting and Toasting Podcast, Friday edition, 10th episode underway. Sean St. Jacques back with you here. Very excited to get after it again this week, talking Knicks with you guys, heading into the weekend. A lot of fun stuff coming up on the show today. Our first ever mailbag on the show. I answer all of your questions coming up later on in the show, our Ask SSJ segment. Uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. You guys asked some very interesting questions. I ciphered through some of the good, some of the bad, some of the really weird uh, questions. Uh, I'm not going to get to all of them. I'm going to get to most of them uh, towards the end of the show. Uh, basically, after I hit on all of the, the main topics I want to get to on the show, whenever that's done, uh, we're going to hop in and answer as many of the questions as you guys sent in as possible. So I'm excited to get into that. We're looking to make that a weekly segment on the show. So I'm excited to get into that. Keep the questions coming. We're looking to have a a weekly post on the Posting and Toasting podcast, social media, and the page as well to have you guys send in questions for both shows. So keep the questions coming, uh, and I'm excited to answer those later on. By next episode, I'm going to try to make a promise for you guys. We will have a permanent name for this show. We're kind of working out the cogs a little bit. We're trying to make sure we have a good list and we can narrow it down to one. By the next show, we're hoping that we can finally release the name permanently of the podcast going forward. So I'm very excited for that as well. We'll keep keep uh, you know keep one ear on that and uh, make sure you uh, look for that next week. Uh, I'm very excited to debut that as well. Let's start off with some of the major news items uh, from the week in Knicks news. Uh, the top of the list, uh, there's kind of two of them, and then there's one that I kind of want to use to kind of transition into our questions uh, for, for the week that I'm going to answer for you guys. Um, so I'm excited for that, but let, let me start out with the Devin Booker rumors. Um, the there's a, multiple reports are suggesting that Devin Booker is included in scenarios uh, with the Knicks, the Thunder, and the Celtics. Obviously, for those that, that don't know Devin Booker, and, and by now, I mean, uh, didn't he score 70 at the, the TD Garden? Uh, this guy's been around the block. Um, had a good career at Kentucky, was a one-and-done player. They got, I think, to the national semifinal. They had a perfect record until they lost to Believe it or not, Frank Kaminsky, uh, Sam Decker, and Wisconsin in that national semifinal. Duke actually went on to win the championship that season. Then Booker came into the NBA. It took him a little while, and he lit it up, really. And he's now one of the, one of the best scorers, I'd argue, uh, in the entire NBA. I mean, he's just such a natural scorer. The problem is he's the cornerstone of arguably the worst franchise right now in the NBA in the Phoenix Suns, uh, a team that's going nowhere. Uh, but, but has some young guys, you know, to be fair, maybe I'm being a bit harsh, uh, you know, just cause now that I think about it, you know, they've done pretty well in the draft. Deandre Ayton's done pretty well for them. Um, I was looking at their roster actually earlier in the day. I mean, I, maybe I could have made that worst franchise in the NBA, NBA claim a season or two or two ago, but until they prove it on the court, uh, it's kind of hard to say that they're not, uh, you know, it's, it's tough. Uh, to kind of peg them in that way. But they had a really bad season last year. There's really no way around that. Um, now listen, the West is the West. This is a young team. Devin Booker is, you know, a guy that they want to have stick around in Phoenix. 
Uh, this feels like another one of those situations where the Knicks fans have to be cautiously optimistic. Listen, I, I don't think I'm too far off here. I, I just double-checked. You know, the, 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 the Suns won 19 games last year. So, listen, j- just to recap, there's some. it's a young team. Uh, actually, Frank Kaminsky is on this team now, too, believe it or not. So, they'll be reunited. Tyler Johnson, Mikhail Bridges, Devin Booker, Aaron Baines, DeAndre Ayton, uh, Ty Jerome, a young player out of Virginia, is on the roster. Kelly Oubre, Ricky Rubio, Dario Saric, and a couple of no-namers. Uh, Monty Williams still there uh, as the head coach. I, I, I don't. I, I can see why the rumors are out there. Obviously, this is a young team that's not going anywhere. They're rebuilding, obviously, but not too quickly. I, and. I can't imagine they win more than 24 games next year. I could easily see them winning 19 again next season. It's a pretty weak squad, but listen, Devin Booker's a heck of a player. And this falls again into what we talked about on the last show, which is what can the Knicks do next off season? That kind of a thing. Can they open up the wallet next off season and finally get the guys that they're hoping will be, the cornerstones moving forward. And there's three teams. Uh, I believe sportskeeda.com uh, had this first. Again, these are, take that with a grain of salt as far as the source. But the Knicks, the Thunder, and the Celtics are the teams that could acquire Booker for the upcoming season. Uh, the Knicks could win that race. You know, it, it's interesting because, you know, the Thunder have got to be a place nobody wants to go right now. I mean, there's really, after they traded Russell Westbrook, I, I, I mean, in that market as well, you're not playing with much there now. But to be fair, the Celtics, depending on how this season works out, could be in the market for Devin Booker. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, how much they'll push depending on how well the Celtics do this season. And then it comes back to the fact that, again, you got to take this with a grain of salt. You know, the Knicks could cut bait with a couple of these contracts next year. That'll open up some cap space. The Knicks really, you know, would be smart to think about Devin Booker because you want a star. You need a star on this team to try to attract the big fish. You know, 2021 is kind of that benchmark. If you could steal a star is kind of how I'm looking at it. If you get ahead of the game and snatch one up during the the, the the 2020 offseason, the Knicks will then become ahead of the game. I mean, that's the thing. But then you got to come back. Again, it comes back to being cautiously optimistic as a Knicks fan. I don't know if this is going to happen. I'd probably say it wouldn't happen because of the way that the Knicks luck has been going. But you never know. This is why we're building it. This is why Kevin Durant didn't come. There was nothing in place. And... If the Knicks have something in place, things could change. They really could. It doesn't just come down to Jim Dolan. It really doesn't. It comes down to the rest of the front office, to to Perry and Mills, to David Fisdale, and then most importantly, the product on the court, how the guys are developing. Devin Booker being added after this season would be a huge game changer for the Knicks. It really would be. And again, you're getting way ahead of the game. For 2020-2021, I'd argue, depending on how the Nets season turns out, 
you'd be in a better spot than Brooklyn if you snagged Devin Booker. Because if they if Kyrie doesn't work out and KD doesn't work out, the Nets are right back to square one. Let's not kid ourselves here. So it'd be interesting to see how that happens. But again, that's best case scenario for the Knicks. There's a long way to go. But again, much like I said with, with the 2020 offseason stuff on the last podcast, this is stuff that's on the back burner. This is stuff that the Knicks kind of have in their hip pocket right now because the number one thing right now is to have a good 2019-2020 season because if you do and you see the players do well and they may be overachieved or they meet expectations and guys develop, young guys show up, young guys show off, there's talents, then 2020's offseason becomes a lot more interesting for the New York Knicks and there's no denying that. There's a plan and there's a plan being built here. I'm seeing articles of people saying, well, do the Knicks really actually have a plan? Meaning like, whoa, hang on a minute. The Knicks have a plan. And people around the league, the media is starting to take notice as well. There's no BS here. This is actually a blueprint that could work for the Knicks. Will Devin Booker be part of that? Will Anthony Davis be part of that? I don't know. But it's certainly worth keeping in, keeping in your back pocket just in case. You never know. Because if they get one or two of those guys, probably only one, depending on how the cap space situation works out. But if they got one of those guys, either one would do, in my opinion. Especially, I mean, obviously everyone wants Anthony Davis, but he is injury prone. Devin Booker's been a little injury prone during his career, but he's just an unbelievable scorer. It would be phenomenal. Imagine Tim Hardaway three times better. That's Devin Booker. Extremely efficient, shoots the bleep out of the basketball, is a heck of a talent, is a heck of a talent, and would be miles better with the Knicks than he is right now with the Suns because the Suns have no depth. The Suns have no depth. They have no guard play besides Devin Booker. And their wing play is garbage. You know, this is not the 17-win Knicks team anymore. The Knicks have started to really put some names and some faces on this roster that are going to grind things out and try to get some wins. This is not, all right, well, we'll settle for 17 wins and a top three pick. This is, we're expecting to pro- we're expecting progress. So we'll see what how it works out, but it's something definitely Knicks fans should keep an eye on speaking of the Brooklyn Nets mentioned them briefly just a second ago there's a report out there as the summer of Carmelo continues not really but apparently Nets players have been working out with Carmelo Anthony in Los Angeles and the Nets I believe this is according to Frank Isola of the Athletic they are interested in signing Carmelo Anthony. Uh, apparently, Melo trained with Kyrie. Uh, Irving and Durant are pushing the Nets. That's a quote to sign Carmelo Anthony. Oh boy! Um, so Melo, uh, So TMZ, I guess, spoke with Carmelo in New York City. 
I guess. Um, and Mello said this, that's family. That's bigger than basketball. If something happens, something's gonna happen. That's a classic Carmelo response. This would be laughable to me. Uh, I don't know about what, what you guys think. I think we've talked maybe a little too much about Carmelo on this show. I know Knicks fans, though, are fascinated with him. Um, I'm not. You know, I, I'm really talking about it because a lot of people that I talk to about the Knicks love talking about Carmelo. And my thought is, is he on the team? No, I, I don't care. That's my thought. But people want to talk about it. So I normally try to if there's a story about Carmelo that matters and involves the Knicks, and because the Knicks, one of the Knicks uh, rivals could sign him, it, it does involve the Knicks here. I, 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 think the, I, I think the Nets should sign him as a Knicks fan. Go ahead. Take him. I, I, I mean, I, I, if I'm being basketball me, you know, someone that, that uh, I feel like has a decent grasp, to say the least, on the sport. I love the sport. been following it for you know, uh, what, two decades, however long I've been alive, uh, two decades here following the sport. Uh, I think I know something about it. I think the Nets would be insane to sign Carmelo. They'd be re- uh, extremely, extremely naive to listen to KD and Kyrie. If that's what the report is truly saying, they're pushing for Melo. Why? Cause you like him. Cause you played on team USA with him. Carmelo would do nothing in Brooklyn. I I don't understand. I I thought this was about chemistry. Kyrie already puts that in jeopardy. Now you want Melo? What's the blueprint here with the Nets? What's the plan? I thought it was get KD and Kyrie and then figure out the chemistry for a season until KD comes back. Now it's let's just get as many stars as we can. I Mello and Kyrie feel like a terrible fit together. I th- this is this is square peg in a round hole if I've ever seen one. I, I think the Nets would be absolutely nuts. I, I I don't understand it at all. Why would Brooklyn jeopardize this huge season by signing Carmelo Anthony? Unless they they are just handcuffed by Kyrie, unless Katie and Kyrie are not taking no for an answer, and they're saying no no no, you brought us here. We have a say. You know we're we're the only reason DeAndre Jordan's here. We want Carmelo. If I was Brooklyn, I'd say get the bleep out of here. We're not taking Carmelo. Are you nuts? No one wants to touch this guy with a 10-foot pole right now as a basketball player. I mean, where when's Karis LeVert going to get touches? Spencer Dinwiddie. I thought these were the guys. Again, this is the point. This is where I always come at it with Brooklyn. This is why, this is where I always, and this is where I don't want the Knicks to be. This is why I'm really hoping it works out differently for the Knicks because of this one reason. Every year, I hear from Nets fans and the Nets media and the Nets broadcasters that the future of this team is Karis LeVert, Spencer Dinwiddie, or a Joe Harris, or a, or a uh, oh geez, now I'm forgetting uh, some of these guys, Jared Allen. Is it? 
Is it? Because if you sign Carmelo, yes, he'll probably be a bench player. But then it comes down to one of two things. You're either going to do one of two things with Carmelo. You're either going to bench Carmelo and never play him. So you're just throwing money out the window. And I guess he'll, I'm quoting here, uh, you know, air quotes, help the young guys. Who cares? I thought that's what KD was partly there for while he sits out for a season. Or you're going to play him? Over who? Why? How? When's, when is Carmelo going to get the ball? When is When are Karis LeVert and Spencer Dinwiddie and Kyrie Irving going to get the ball? If Melo doesn't accept his role on a team, why would you sign him? And even with that in mind, why would you take the risk? If you're asking the Nick fan, Sean, go ahead. Sign him. Do your worst. If I'm a Nets fan, no bleeping way. Get him out of here. Don't want him. Enjoy retirement. No thanks. Knicks fans, though, I wouldn't mind wouldn't mind playing against Carmelo with a Nets jersey on. I'd be fine with that. This isn't 2013 Carmelo. He check the numbers, man. He was brutal with Houston. Brutal. Brutal. I I, I OKC too. Goodness gracious. Brutal. I just, just not good enough. And when you don't accept the role and you keep doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result, yikes. I mean, just awful. And I think the Nets would be nuts. There's a reason there's only a couple of teams out there that are interested. The Knicks, because he used to play for the Knicks. The Lakers, because of LeBron. And the Nets, because Katie and Kyrie feel like being friendly. I, I, uh, I'd i be shocked if any one of those three teams come close to signing Carmelo Anthony. All right, I want to take a quick break. But first, I want to su- kind of weave in the topic that I'm going to start out the question segment with next. Frank Nilakina is coming up a lot in the news. And I got to be honest, it came up a lot in the questions that you guys asked as well. The FIBA World Cup is underway. God almighty, the U.S. men's national team looks terrible. Uh, but that's, you know, neither here nor there. Uh, I watched them play against Turkey. Yikes. Uh, but I do want to touch on the Nilakina stuff as well. You know, there's... Uh, it seems like more and more. Um, it, this stuff is is continuing to come up with Frank Nilakina, and this is where I want to start off the next segment. But is there pressure on Frank at FIBA? And I'm going to really start off this segment, the next segment, with the questions with a Frank Nilakina question because you guys seem really concerned about where he's at. We've talked about Frank Nilakina before on the show. And this could be a make it or break it year for Frank Nilakina. There's no question about that. I'm going to dive into that a little bit more 
And I'm going to dive into your questions in the Ask SSJ mailbag after this on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Friday edition. All right, guys, we're opening up the Ask SSJ mailbag. Your questions from postingandtoasting.com and and the Twitter account as well. Uh, Some good stuff. I I think we're off to a good start with the mailbag. Uh, Got a good amount of responses, which I'm very excited about. I appreciate everybody that sent in some questions. Uh, Really appreciate you guys taking the time to join in on the fun The first question was kind of the biggest one that caught my eye out of all the questions that were asked. It was from Twitter, Jim Curtis at Tiger kid six. Hey, Sean, at what point is it fair to label Frank a bust? I'm all for being patient, but there are nervous. Are there obviously players who never pan out? When do you think it's fair for the Knicks to move on? It's a great question, Jim. And I really appreciate it uh, because it could really lead us into an interesting topic with Frank Nilakina. Um, there's two ways I want to go about this. Uh, number one is the way he's been playing, uh, of late and overseas. Um, obviously two tough seasons, uh, for Frank Nilakina with the Knicks. Obviously he's a young guy. Uh, the Knicks got him really young as a top 10 pick, uh, with Phil Jackson at the helm. Um, man, the Knicks have to make a decision quickly. And I, and I think that's probably the biggest reason why everybody's getting a little concerned. Um, the Knicks are about two months away. You know, Nilakina, $6.2 million team option for the 2020-2021 season. The Knicks have until Halloween to pick it up. If the Knicks don't do it and, you know, look to the cap space area, as well, again, this is one of the reasons 2020 is an interesting thing because they could take Nilakina's contract off the books. He'll become an unrestricted free agent next summer. And that's adios, Frank Nilakina. I, I can't imagine if the Knicks don't pick up the option that he sticks around. So that answers the second part of the question. When can the Knicks say that they want to move on? They could say they want to move on at the end of October. Now, Frank will finish the rest of the season with the Knicks no matter what, unless they trade him, which I can't see happening. I can't imagine anybody would want him in a trade. But keep this in mind. The Knicks could decline his option. It's a team option. So they could decline that contract for the next season. He's an unrestricted free agent, and he's gone. So it's really interesting how these next couple of months are going to play out. So here's the deal. Nilakina on Tuesday started at the point guard position, scored 12 points, had five assists in 21 minutes. France defeated Jordan, not Air Jordan, not Michael Jordan, the country of Jordan, 103 to 64. Jordan's not good, okay? And I'm talking about the country for those that are just hopping on wherever they want in the podcast. Not very good competition. So 12 and five to me is actually a little underwhelming. Now, 21 minutes, to be fair, if you consider consider that, the fact that he only did it in 21 minutes. Now we're talking about it. That's something. Listen, Nilakina, you know, from all the reports, from what I've seen personally through highlights and and a few things on Twitter and a few clips, Nilakina has gotten a little bit better, 
but it's still the same. He's showing the flashes that he can be good. He's defending really well. He's got a decent shot. He's passing the ball, getting guys involved. But then he struggles for a good portion of the game. You know, and the the opener of the competition on Sunday against Germany, eight points on thirteen in thirteen minutes off the bench. He did hit two three pointers, um, but did miss a dunk attempt when he's basically wide open. Um, and from the reports that I've read, I was reading the Daily News recap, and I was reading a few things on Twitter. Didn't do great guarding Dennis Schroeder. Mixed success. Now, to be fair, Dennis Schroeder is a pretty good player. But is that enough for the Knicks to say, we got something here? I don't think it is, in my opinion. I'd be worried if I was Frank Nilakina. I'd be worried if I was David Fisdale. I, I, I don't know where I'm at with Frank Nilakina. Now, according to uh, SpotRack, which does a good job keeping track of the contracts for each player, Frank Nilakina is due just over $4.8 million this season with the Knicks. That'd be the highest amount he, he will be paid in the contract if the Knicks decline the contract, the team option for 2020-2021, when he's owed six. Point one, basically six point two million dollars. Um, I I think you probably deny. I think you reject the team option. I think you do. Um, I think you you see how it plays out the rest of this season. But I don't want to be on the hook for six point two with Frank Nilakina if he doesn't show me something. And that's the thing you 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 have him under contract for this year. Why not deny the team option? See how the season plays out. I can't imagine there's going to be a lot of suitors for Frank Nilakina. And then if you're feeling strong and you feel like he did enough, maybe sign into a one or two year contract. But I don't think that's going to happen. I, I, I really don't. My gut feeling, and this is Jim Curtis who asked the question, I, I, I think you cut him loose. I, I think you let him play out the season I think you let him kind of prove it to you this season. And if he can't, you don't have him under contract. You let him go. And if he does, you think about re-signing him. But I don't want to have I don't want to be on the hook for 6.2 million. He ain't worth that. He's not worth that at all. 6.2, that could be going towards a Devin Booker or an Anthony Davis. Again, Keep that money in your hip pocket. That's what I would do if I was the Knicks. You got a little bit of time to figure this out, but not much. Got about two months, less than two months to figure this out. I think you deny the team option. I think you I, I think you cut him loose. You let him play it out, and then if he probably probably is not going to work out, you let him go. And I, and I think that's sad for some Knicks fans to think about. But if he's not going to be up to the task, I mean, you can't wait forever. It's like quarterbacks in the NFL. If they're not good enough and you know it, get rid of them. It's the most important position. And Frank Nilakina being one or a two guard, you know, he's a point guard. Point guard is the most important position in the NBA. And if you don't have a good one, get rid of him. And again, I'd argue he's not that important. Dennis Smith and Alfred Payton are more important. So this feels like an easy decision to me on paper. I know Nick fans would be sick to their stomachs to watch another top 10 pick 
be called a bust and not work out. But I would just say chalk it up to Phil Jackson and then move on. Move on. That's where I'm at. You know, it's one of those things where you got to be able to move on from these things. I think the Knicks have that chance before October 31st. My gut feeling is they cut him. And what I mean by that is I keep saying that, keep using the wrong terminology there. My thought is you deny the option and then let him play it out. And if he doesn't play like you're expecting him to play, cut him loose. Don't need him anymore. Unrestricted free agent. Good luck. And I, and, I, and it's a bit, remember the sports a business. And I think that's where you got to stand. All right. Let me start rapid firing through some of these questions. Um, Ooh, okay. I got a couple. Of, oh, geez. All right. I, I, I've got a couple here that I kind of don't love uh, that people are just fooling around, I think, in the comments. Um, let me see here. I, I got a couple here that I like. Um, let's see. Where do I want to start? Let's start with a, with a funny question. Uh, this one comes from Selling Like Hot Takes on the postingandtoasting.com comments section. Do you use the SSJ initialism? I don't know if that was, I don't know if that's a, is that a word? Initialism? Uh, do you, basically, do you use, do I use the SSJ initials as a direct nod to Dragon Ball Z? And there's a follow-up. If you were Saiyan, if you were a Saiyan, which one would you be? I have to confess, I don't really know a ton about Dragon Ball Z. Uh, that might uh, rub some people the wrong way. I have no idea. I was more of like a Pokemon Yu-Gi-Oh kid growing up. Not a huge Dragon Ball Z guy uh, growing up. I've watched a little bit of it as I've gotten older. Uh, not my thing. Um, I don't know what it's saying. I know what I've heard of Super Saiyan and stuff like that. And uh, no idea what it means. I don't know what SSJ means as far as Dragon Ball Z. If anything, I don't know if this is a prank question or just a question about Dragon Ball Z that I wouldn't know. Probably the latter. Uh, I use SSJ because my name is Sean St. Jacques, and that's my initials. So, uh, yeah, that, that's why I do it, because uh, it's my initials, not because I know Dragon Ball Z, because I know nothing about Dragon Ball Z. Uh, next question comes from Walt Clyde Frazier, um, spelled as P-H-R-A-S-E-R, solid there. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing well. Thanks for asking. Uh, I'm very happy to get this going with the mailbag. Uh, and I'm really, uh, really happy that you checked in on me. So shout out to Walt Clyde Frazier. Uh, Fubar Chu asks, how you doing? Uh, I'm doing great. Uh, excited to be here. Excited to be here talking to you. Uh, so thanks for those questions. Uh, yeah. Next question. Double, double Dutch asks, why do you often repeat the exact same words? Do you, or did you work in education? Uh, I don't, and didn't work in education ever. Um, I repeat some of the same words sometimes to hammer the point home. It's pretty, uh, pretty simple. Uh, not trying to, you know, trick you or anything like that. I'm just trying to hammer home the point every once in a while and repeating that, uh, just to kind of hammer it home sometimes helps for people that don't understand. So especially with the more complex topics, I do try to hammer the point home a little bit just to make sure everybody's on the same page with what I'm trying to say and that nobody gets, uh, no one's misconstrued, uh, over what I'm trying to say. Um, let's see what else we got here. Which is your favorite. This is from FC press. 
which is your favorite team, not the United States, to watch in the FIBA World Cup? Great question. Uh, this is a great question. Honestly, there's two teams. Um, there's a couple of teams uh, that pop into my head uh, as a couple of different teams to look out for. France has been one of them because I've because I've been watching Frank. Uh, I've been trying to keep track of Frank throughout this tournament. Uh, really, you know, that's kind of been top of my food chain uh, as far as the the certain teams. And for me, uh, I, I've really been interested in how Greece is going to do with Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um, I believe the United States plays them next. Um, and I think the Greeks actually finished second in their group, which is a little surprising. So I, I think that I've been interested in them, been trying to watch them as much as I can. And I've been watching a little bit of Brazil as well with the, uh, with the only NBA player I can remember on that team. I had to relook up their roster again because I haven't watched them in a day or two. Uh, but Anderson Varejao's on the team. Uh, so I thought that was interesting. That caught my eye. So I watched, I think, one or two of their games. I think I watched maybe a game and a half of their group play. Uh, Leandro Barbosa, I think, is also on the team, if if memory serves. I can't believe that those two guys are still playing uh, on the team. So, uh, yeah, um, they've been interesting to watch. I, I, I don't know how much longer they're going to be able to rely on Anderson Vergeau and Leandro Barbosa. But more power to those guys, uh, and it's been cool to watch a number of teams uh, at the FIBA World Cup. That's a great question from FC Press. Another Frank question. Uh, how will Frank's FIBA performance and apparent skill progression translate playing on the Knicks in the NBA spacing instead of on a team on Team France and the congestion of FIBA play? Listen, it's, it's kind of what I alluded to earlier, Rem, uh, Remy's words with that question there. Um, it's going to translate in a rough way for Frank. It's it's a much faster game in the NBA. There's a lot more athleticism. Listen, FIBA's getting the FIBA play is getting better. I think there's no question about that. More NBA players are in there. You know, there's no question about that. But, you know, it's it's still FIBA. There's different rules, you know, there's different styles of play. Different countries play differently than teams in the NBA. Uh, a lot are a little bit more cautious. They're not as more they're not as running gun as we see in the NBA. So, I think Frank still, you know, has a ton of a way to go. And again, if they cut bait with him in October for not this season, for but next season, they decline the team option. I, I mean, what do you, you know, there's not much hope that Frank's going to be sticking around as a Nick. So I, I hope it works out well. Again, I've seen some progress with Frank, but is it enough? That's going to be up for the Knicks to decide. But that's a good question. You know, it playing well never hurts. But has Frank played well enough to show me that he's going to improve in the NBA? That remains to be seen. So it's going to be, uh, you know, it, we'll, we'll see. We'll be, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. All right, a couple more. Um, let's see. Let's go to E4 or 3. Do you think the Knicks believe Randall being an all-star will help recruit free agents? Uh, he goes in a little bit of explanation. This offseason, Nick fans have been given updates as to player as players prepare for next season, but there is something extra in regards to Randall, the picks in the gym with the heavy change, the three point shooting going one on one with Mello. It seems like the New York media machine is getting started in early start and elevating his game in hopes of an all star bid because top tier free agents want a running mate uh, already in place. Your thoughts? Um, I don't know about the, the, the media machine building up for an all-star thing. Uh, 
I don't know about that. I, I think they just enjoy that Randall's being, uh, you know, very open on social media with his workouts and things like that. And then he's, he's trying to be out there. And usually if you're out there, you get a little bit more press. So um, I don't know about that. But what I will say is you're right. Uh, I think it could help if Randall's an all-star. Of course, more pedigree is exactly what the Knicks need on this roster. Uh, and I expect that, not maybe not an all-star, but I expect Julius Randle to be a heck of a player next season with the Knicks. I don't know if he's going to be an all-star. It's a, again, the NBA is loaded. And the East, there might be a chance if people get hurt that he's an all-star. But I just want to see him get improved offensively, defensively, and rebounding. And I want to see it go up from 21 points per game. I really do. I, I think he could average 25 a game. And I think if he does that, he should be in the all-star conversation, depending on where the Knicks are at. I, I think he should be, if that's the case. And he's putting up 30 every once in a while and and really uh, showing him that he can be a leader on this team. Uh, but yeah, if he if he's an all-star, that, that's, that can only help the Knicks. It really can. And it's one of those things where it'll be really interesting to see how that all plays out uh, with Julius Randle. But I think, I think he's going to have a heck of a season, if you're asking me. Okay, I think I'm going to go into two more. Let's see if I can fit in two more questions here. Um, should, oh, this is not worded well. Um, should the keep what you kill mantra remain, oh, it's actually from the same guy. Should the keep or should the keep what you kill mantra remain in place even if it distracts from youth? What's the keep or keep what you kill it's no secret the Knicks added it. This is still the same question here. The Knicks added a spectrum of veteran players to push our core to add some seasoning to their development. But to what extent should the keep what you kill mantra remain in effect? Key position battles slash minutes distribution that's shooting guard and small forward may very well come down to the manner of what Fisdale reconciles that philosophy, this philosophy, your take Okay, I, I I understand where you're coming from on this. Um I listen. I it's about earning your minutes. That's that's what Coach Fisdale has kind of preached. The keep what you kill mantra uh is is totally something that he's been looking towards. And I I get what you're saying. You know, you don't want you know, if the young guys don't win their spots, you know, will we ever see them on the court? And and I get that trepidation. I do. Um, but the other part of this is, is the part of this part of the process is also, you got to earn your spot. You know, there's nobody who's bigger than anybody else on this team. And that's, that's kind of the bigger thing that's being pressed here. And I, I think it's about keeping the young guys motivated. You know, you can't just hand these guys the spots. They got to earn it. That's how it works. You know, even, you know, you look at the NFL, you know, Baker Mayfield wasn't handed the Browns starting job. Daniel Jones has not been handled, handed the Browns start out of the Browns has not been handed the Giants starting job. They got to earn it. You can't just be handed everything. So it, 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 there's a middle ground here. If they're, I'm hoping young guys win the spots, but they gotta win the spots. Now I, I agree with you. I don't, I, I, I don't want Taj Gibson starting for the Knicks. I don't want Reggie Bullock starting for the Knicks. You know, I, I want to see Bobby Portis get some time out there. I want to see, you know, Alonzo Trier doing well, Mitchell Robinson dominating down low. I want to see R.J. Barrett 
be a superstar in the league and upstage everybody in the first few months of the season and then go on to maybe be a surprising guy on All-Star Weekend as a rising star or maybe even being part of one of the other major competitions there. I want to see that happen, but it's got to be earned. Nothing's given in the NBA. And I think that's what David Fisdale is alluding to. And that keep what you kill mantra should stay in effect. I know, I know we don't, I know we want the, to see the young guys, but if they're not good enough, they're not going to play. If Alonzo Trier takes a step back, why should he play? You know, if Alfred Payton doesn't win the starting job or if Dennis Smith Jr. stinks, why should they play just because they're young? That's not how it works. So I, you know, if Mitchell Robinson, who I expect to have a heck of a season next year, if he is struggling out of the gates, he shouldn't be starting games for the Knicks. So like, like, and these are just all hypotheticals, but that's what Coach Fisdale said. Nothing's going to be given to you. He said that multiple times last year. And I get, and it's a great question to ask because the youth has to shine, but they also can't just have it be given to them. You can't have it both ways. One leads to the other. You earn your spot, you earn your keep, and then we see you shine on the basketball court. It's not, well, you know what? R.J. Barrett's 19, so he's going to start on opening night. He's our top three pick. We have to start him. No. No, you don't. If he doesn't do well in the, in training camp and in the early preseason, why would you start him? You're trying to win games now. We're not tanking anymore. There's, this is supposed to be a progress of a season. So, so you can't, you can't, you can't do that. Frankly, you can't do that. You ha- you can't have it. You can't have your cake and eat it too, as they say. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, let me see if I can fit in one more. Let's see. One last question. Uh, what do I want to get to? Given the Knicks' current lineup. What is the best system offense for this squad? Or more precisely, what team should the Knicks look to emulate offensively based on our current roster? Ooh, that second part's a tough question. Um, man, I, I think you want to be out and running a lot. I, I think you, you got to be very strong in transition. Um, I, I, I think it could be a very good pick and pop, pick and roll offense. I don't know. I, I, I don't know really who the, who the Knicks should emulate in the NBA. As far as the offense being run is concerned, uh, that's from Kaiser, Kaiser Sose. Soser? I think it's Sose. I don't know how Sose is spelled, but Kaiser Sose 37 is asking this question. It's a good question. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'd love a run and gun offense. I really would. But there's not many three-point shooters on this team uh, that are very good. So I, I think, obviously, you hang your hat on your defense and hope that that leads to some offense and some easy buckets. But it's interesting. In the half court, you know, there could be a lot of pick and roll, you know, a lot of pick and pop, you know, a lot of offense going through Julius Randle, potentially, on this team with Dennis Smith kind of being the trigger man or, or Alfred Payton, whoever wins the starting job. You know, and I hope it's a free-flowing offense. I think that's what it should be. You know, it doesn't have to always be isolation with Randall. I, I think you could easily have this be a free-flowing offense and get Barrett some looks and 
get knocks some looks and, and things like that. So I, uh, Listen, I can't peg it down to one thing. You know, Fisdale uh, has got a lot of pieces that have got to come together and mesh. And, and I think that, the you know, in the weeks to come, we will see kind of where they're thinking in the offense. But for now, um, I think it's a little up in the air. I really do. Who would I like them to emulate is also a tough one. A tough one to ask. Uh, or a tough one to answer, I should say. Um, so I'm not going to answer it. I, I, I think I, I, I maybe the Celtics, uh, I like the way that their offense kind of flows and, and it's mo- mostly the Celtics of two years ago where it kind of flows around between Tatum and Rozier and you're kind of able to get Horford involved every once in a while as well. And it's kind of whose turn is it not, you know, who's getting the ball, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's more free flowing than that. So that, that's from aiming at it's I'm, I'm sure that, that's not a specific enough answer probably for your question, but I, I want it to be a team game. And I think that's the biggest thing for me. So it, it's, it's one of those things where as far away from ISO as we can get, uh, I think that's where the Knicks need to get, you know, emulating the nets of last year or the, or the Celtics of two years ago. Cause that's the plan. These are the kind of pieces that are in place. Uh, but but I think what Fisdale probably tell what would will tell the media and through that tell you is defense is more important. They're trying to really get that down, and that'll hopefully lead to the better offense. As as a couple of college coaches I've interviewed in the past have said, let your defense dictate your offense, not the other way around. That's kind of where the Knicks are trying to get uh, going into next season. We we had a uh, I'm not even going to say we had a Mary bleep kill thrown in here but because the guy included himself in it i'm not going to answer the question uh for obvious reasons uh a lot of good questions guys i I was really happy with the turnout this week i think i got to almost all of them i think i missed maybe one or two uh that well that didn't get through the filter um so i you know what there was one (laughs) actually there's one more question. Uh, there's there's about there's actually a bunch more that were sent in via Facebook that I did not get a chance to get to on the show. Uh, one question was, uh, sh- when are the Knicks going to start uh, James Milner? And if they start James Milner, how many games are the Knicks going to win uh, over under 70 games? That's an inside joke. Uh, my uh, buddy in front of the show, Sam, writes that in. Um James Milner is a midfielder for Liverpool Football Club in the English Premier League. <laughs> That's my favorite club in England. I'm a big soccer fan, and Liverpool is my favorite club in soccer. That includes MLS. I'm not a huge MLS. I don't really have any MLS ties, and because I cover uh, and call games for American soccer, I don't really have an allegiance. But since I was a kid, you know, eight or nine years old, because uh, of family friends of ours that are big Liverpool fans and are from Liverpool, um, I became a huge Liverpool football club fan. So I'm a huge James Milner fan, but he's not good at basketball. So the answer is no. Uh, but the answer is also infinity because I love James Milner. So <laughs> it's a little fun fact, fun fact about me, uh, to end the show guys, as always, thank you so much uh, for interacting with the show. Thanks as always for listening. Thank you so much for your questions. We're looking to make that a weekly thing. Keep the questions coming at SJ seven on Twitter. Uh, hit up the podcast, hit up the posting and toasting feed on Twitter as well. Postingandtoasting.com is where you can find all of the shows and on iTunes as well in case you've missed a previous podcast. Go there, leave the show a, a five-star rating and review. We'd all really appreciate it here on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network. And hopefully with a new name, 
We will see you next week on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Friday edition.